And how many of you make a commitment? Regardless what happens in our nation, you'll do what the Bible says and pray for those who are in authority. Three people. It's okay. If the church could ever get this right, then our nation can get it right. But as long as the church is divided, that's what I'm believing for is a unified, Bible-believing, kingdom authority people that understands that they're of a different kingdom. How many of you know when you were born again, you were born in a different kingdom? I'm excited about here in the next few months, I'm going to start a series called on uh, the kingdom and talking about how when you were born again, you're, you're no longer a Republican. You're no longer a Democrat. You're no longer this party or that party. You're of the kingdom of Almighty God. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, looks like I'm spilling my water all over the place. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. I'm going to get right into the message. Hebrews 11, verse 32. It says, how much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon? In Hebrews chapter 11, we understand this as a chapter of the hall of faith. It's where the Bible-believing men and women that did great things in their life ended up. It's Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now by faith, Moses or Noah or Sarah. And it talks about their great exploits. As the chapter is ending, this is what it says again. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. Now we're going to talk about Gideon today. Look at verse 33. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms and ruled with justice and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire. They overcame COVID. Hello. And they escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness, I like this part, their weakness was turned to strength. Their weakness was turned to strength to strength. Somebody needs to hear that today. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. I've come to talk to you about this thought today. God is doing more with less. God is doing more with less. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that we would have an encounter, that we as your people here in this building, those online, would know you, Lord, that we would experience you in this service. God, we thank you for your truth. We know your word will not return void. Help us, God, as a church and as a people to move forward through this prophetic voice today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I believe this message today can help bring some adjustments needed for the season of life that we are all living. Um, 
How many of you know this is a different season? I was reminded uh, the other day, how, how, first of all, how many of you know I like football? <laughs> like, like, go Niners, right? I mean, for the first time, the Niners actually looked like a football team last week, right? So I like, I like football, and you all know, you know I like the Niners. But um, the other day, I was reminded about a college football game that happened several years back um, on national television. One of the teams is back there in their huddle, and they break their huddle, and they, the uh, linemen went up and lined up, and the quarterback went up and actually lined up uh, in back of the right guard. Some of you might have seen this a few years back, and he actually then uh, positions his hands beneath the right guard. Uh, actually, the right guard's over here. Be beneath the right guard, and he begins to call the play. Green 42, green 42. You know, Omaha, whatever he's saying, you know. But he's got his hands up underneath, beneath the right guard. Well, the problem was is that the quarterback was out of position. Um, the right guard does not have the ball. It's the center that has the ball. So he's out of position, but he's there with the right guard with his hands uh, beneath, ready to get the ball, and he's calling the playing play, green 42, green 42, and um, it's at that time that the guard is, 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 it's the funniest thing if you see it on uh, on, uh, on, on TV or on YouTube, what's funny is you can see the right guard. See, because the right guard has never felt anything like that before. <laughs> As a right guard, you don't feel some. So, so he's got his hands up underneath the right guard, ready to get the ball. The, the right guard has never felt anything like that. And the right guard starts to wave his hand like, like hey, 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 get your hands out of there. And, and <laughs> he's waving your, his hands, trying to get that guy to get his hands out of there. And, and, and I think it was a fullback that actually comes up to the quarterback and moves him just a step to where he needs to be in position. And they call the play, and, 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 and the game went on. And I've just come to tell somebody today that you might just be a step away. Just a, just a minor adjustment, and, and if you can make that adjustment, things are going to immediately be better in your life. I, I believe a few adjustments may be when it comes to the way we think or the way we serve God. If we'll just be willing to make a, a, a little adjustment, just a little step, immediately things can get better in our life, in our family, and in our home. Earlier this week, so we're going to talk about that. We're, we're going to talk about a possible adjustment that you could make where life all of a sudden gets better and you get a smile back on your face. Earlier this week in a time of prayer, I had God say to me that this is the season where I will do more with less. That this is a season where my church will do more with less, that this is a season that you are in where my people will do more with less. Now, I don't know about you, but does anybody need to hear that word today? 
Has anybody's life been interrupted this year? Does anybody feel like 2020 has killed the dream that you dreamed? Uh, I read this quote the other day, and I think it typifies uh, some of the pain that so many people are living with in our nation and literally around the world. Here's the quote. I thought life would be so different than this hell that I'm living. I thought life would be so different than this hell that I'm living. Now, I'm not talking to people who have it all figured out. No, I've come to talk to people who have lived long enough to know that life has full of surprises. Has anybody been saying, how in the world am I going to get through this? Does anybody feel like they have less to work with, less help, less support, less strength, less ability, perhaps fewer resources, fewer relationships, or even fewer friends? Listen to me today, church celebration. Those on the other side of this camera, you might have less than you ever had before, but I believe that you're getting ready to do more than you've ever done before in your life. I know that the odds are against you, but may I remind you, if God be for you, then, then who can stand against you? Who can stand against the church? Amen? We're getting ready to do more with less. Now, in Judges chapter 6 is the story of the guy we just read about in Hebrews chapter 11, Gideon. And let me just give you some background, and we're going to work through this, this chapter here. Let me give you the background when we come to Judges chapter 6. Is it okay if we read the Bible today? Okay, good. Because the Bible says that's where the, the Bible says that that's where the power actually is. It's not in my jokes, it's in the word, right? So let me give you some background here. This is a period in history where the majority of God's people have abandoned God, and they've chosen their own ways. And, and as you can imagine, that's not going to go, and it did not go well for them. Their enemies are now a constant threat to them, stealing and taking their resources at any given moment. So God's people in this, this particular time, they're living in fear. They're hiding out in caves, terrified of their enemies. And it's in the midst of all of this that God shows up to a farmer by the name of Gideon. He's hiding. He's struggling. He's trying to make ends meet, just trying to make a living. He's, he's, he's not trying to overcome. He's not thinking about changing the world. He's just trying to survive in this world. So many are just trying to survive in this world. So in Judges chapter 6, Verse 11, we pick up the story. It says, But one day the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the oak tree at Oprah. Oprah. O Oprah's in the Bible. It's actually Ophrah. On the farm of Joash. Joash the son, Gideon's son. Joash's sons, Gideon, had been threshing wheat by hand in the bottom of the great press. Let me catch that again. So here, so one day the angel comes to the Lord. Comes to the farm of Joash. Joash's son Gideon is there. And the Bible says that he was hiding. Notice, for he was hiding from their enemies, the Midianites. So Gideon here, as we begin to read this text, is hiding because he's terrified that the enemy is going to take away what he has. 
He's already been through this so many times over and over again. Every time he gets ahead or something good happens in his life, the enemy comes in, takes it all away, and he's right back at the place he started, a place of need, a place of brokenness, and a place of regret. So here's my question for those that are in this room today, those that are watching online. Have you been hiding in 2020? Has the current events in your life driven you to a hiding place? Hiding, hoping that things would just go away? Hiding, hoping that things would just get better? Hiding, hoping that the enemy would just leave you alone? Or, or maybe the real question is this, where is your hiding place? Where have you been hiding? Where is your cave? Is it, is it, is it your career? Is that where you're hiding? Is it your business? Is it your pursuit for success? Is that what you have poured yourself into? Is it, is it your activities? Is it your hobbies? Is it your sports? Where, where are you hiding? Is it, is it in the relationships that you are pursuing? Is it online? Is that where you've been hiding at? Is it, is it in your addictions? Where is your hiding place? So the angel of the Lord, God, finds him in a hiding place. Verse 12 goes on to say, The Lord's angel appeared to him there, where? In his hiding place, and said, The Lord is with you, brave and mighty man. Wow. I like this because God found Gideon in his hiding place. I've come to tell somebody today, God is getting ready to show up in your hiding place. Somebody needs to hear that online in this building. The Bible says, even if you make your bed in hell, I'll go find you in your hiding place. In fact, somebody is getting ready to come out of their hiding. I wish I could get some help. It, we do have a live audience right here. I believe somebody's getting ready to come out of their hiding place. I like this because in the text it says not, not only did God find him, but God came with a dream for him. He says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor, a mighty warrior hear this today, God is dreaming about you. Wherever he finds you, on the other side of this camera, God not only knows where you're at, but when he finds you, he's coming with a dream about you. He's coming with a dream about what he has created you to be. He wants to say to you today, wherever you're at, wherever you've been hiding, what has ever driven you into your cave, God is saying to you, you are a mighty man of God. You are a mighty woman of God. You are who God has called you to be. Hear that today. You are. I say you are who God has called you to be. And really, that is what the fight is all about in your life. That is what the struggle is all about in your life. Because hell will always fight you over what heaven has called you to be. Come on, hear that today. 
That's why you're fighting. That's why you're struggling. Why? Because God is declaring over you, you are mighty. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty woman of God. And hell will do everything it can to push you back into your cave where your life amounts to nothing. I'm here to remind somebody today that you are a mighty man of God, that you are a mighty woman of God. Now, let's go a little deeper, that you are not weak. Come on, that you are not a nobody, that you're not a loser, that you're not defeated, that you're not a failure. I know you failed, but you're not a failure. That's not who you are. You are the righteousness of God. You are forgiven. You are blessed. You are healed. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You are above above and not beneath. Bible says you're the head and not the stinky tail. Somebody ought to shout, thank God for that. Nothing worse than being the stinky tail. You are more, the Bible says, more than a conqueror. That's what the struggle is all about. What's the struggle about? Well, you're getting ready to become your enemy's biggest nightmare. Happy Halloween, everybody. Come on. The story continues. God shows up to him. God finds him in his hiding place. God declares the dream that he has over him. And notice then what Gideon begins to say in verse 13 of chapter 6. Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where, where are all the miracles? You kind of see what Gideon's doing here. God shows up, Gideon, you're a mighty man of God. I'm with you. And Gideon says, yeah, God, if you're with us, then where's the miracles? In other words, God, this COVID thing is your fault. If you had been doing what you're supposed to do, we'd have no trouble. Where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, I love this, go with the strength you have. Go with the strength. You have, somebody needs to hear that. You might not have much, but you need to get on the go. You need to come out of your hiding place. You need to come out of your cave. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. And the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy your enemies, the Midianites. I like this because Gideon, he's first of all blaming God, and then he's making excuses. So much of the time, don't we do the same? We start blaming God. And then we start making excuses why life sucks and why we can't do it, right? But God does not even respond to Gideon's excuses or the blame. God just says, take what you have, use what you have, and watch me do more with it. I'm here to tell you, God is getting ready to do more with less. Somebody needs to hear that today. God is getting ready to do more. With less, Gideon, get up and go. Take what little you have, and I'll take it and do mighty things with it. I will do more with less. So now through a process of events, Gideon obeys God and gathers as many men of Israel that he could. And we begin to read in Judges chapter 7. Are you still with me? 
We're going somewhere. Come on, we're going to land the plane in the morning. But this is so important to stay with me. Judges chapter 7. Notice here what happens. Gideon gets these men together. And the Bible says in verse 2, Then the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men to defeat the Midianites. I don't want the Israelites to brag that they, that they saved themselves. So now announce to the people, Anyone who is afraid may leave Mount Gilead and go home. So 22,000 men returned home, but 10,000 remained. So they had 32,000. Listen, and all of a sudden, 22,000 men went home. We're fearful. Verse 4, then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take the men down to the water, and I'll test them. Everybody say test. And I will test him for you there. If I say, this man will go with you, he will go. But if I say, that one will not go with you, he will not go. Verse 5, so Gideon led the men down to the water. There the Lord said to him, separate them into those who drink water by lapping it up like a dog and those who bend down to drink. There was 300 men, 300 men, 300 men who used their hands to bring water to their mouths, lapping it as a dog does, and all the rest got down on their knees to drink. Then the Lord said to Gideon, hear it, using the 300 men who lapped the water, I will save you. God's getting ready to do more with less. And God says this, let all the others go home. Let all the others go home. With these 300 men, I will deliver you. I will rescue you. Wow. So here's Gideon's church, right? Can you see it? It's got 32,000 people in it. And all of a sudden, it goes down to 22,000 people. And then all of a sudden, God takes it all the way down to just 300 people. God tells Gideon, if I'm going to do more with less, there's two things I need to do in your life. There's two things that are going to be required. And we're going to talk about land the plane right here. There's two things. If you're going to want God to do more with less in your life because you have less, there's two things that are required. Here's the first thing. Fear has got to go. Fear has got to go. Somebody needs it. How, how many of you are believing God to do more with less? Come on. These are the two things that are required. First and foremost, fear has got to go. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. A spirit. Notice it's a, fear is a spirit. A spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know what's interesting throughout the Bible? Hundreds of times throughout the Bible, we are told not to fear. Why? Because fear is a spirit. It's not a good spirit. It's an evil spirit. The Bible says, in fact, there's a lot of people say that God has given us 365 fear knots in the Bible. That's true. There's actually more than that. But he's giving you a fear knot for every day of your life. God is saying, do not fear. Why? Because fear is a spirit. It's, 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 it's actually, listen to me, fear is actually the currency of hell. Fear is what gives permission to those things you do not want in your life. It's what the enemy uses to find access into your life. 
Job says it this way in Job 3.25. He says, the thing that I feared has come upon me. All the tragedy, all the, all the killing, all the disasters, the thing that the Bible says that the thing that he feared, he actually attracted it into your, his life. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you power and of love and a sound mind. And you must realize you've got to resist fear. Why? Because fear is the currency of hell. Fear is really just a belief in the negative, And it's how you receive what hell has for you. I, I, need that to, I need that to really get into your heart. You really need to get an understanding of that. Fear is really a belief in the negative. And it's how you receive what hell has for you. The enemy wants you to fear. He wants you to fear death. He wants you to fear tragedy. He wants you to fear COVID. Are you with me? But God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a power and a love and a sound mind. Fear is really just a belief in the negative, where faith is the currency of heaven. And faith is how you receive what God has made available for you. How many of you understand that? Faith is how I receive from heaven, and fear is how I receive from hell. I'm here to tell you, if you want a perfect picture of Satan himself, he's not, he's not running around with a cape and, and a pitchfork. He's, if you want a perfect picture of what, of what Satan looks like himself, he's called fear. Fear is what you resist. Fear is what you stand against. You've got to resist it every day of your life. It's not from God. It is not from, it is, it is not from God's Word. It is from hell itself. Faith is what believers operate in. Faith is what people of God operate and function in. I'm here to tell you, if you're going to do more with less, the first thing that has to go is fear. Fear's got to go. God's people don't have to be fearful about their lives because God's people know or they should know that they are protected. Can I remind you that Psalms 91, verses 1 through 7, as the band comes back, it says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High God will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. Come on, that's our vaccine right there. Verse 4 says, his faithful promises are your armor and protection. Verse 5 says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Why? Because when you fear it, you bring it into your life. You've got to stand against. You've got to resist the spirit of fear. It is hell itself trying to bring to you what you do not want. I'm here to tell you, we're in a season where God is getting ready to do more with less, but the first thing that's got to go out of your life, the first thing that's got to go out of the church is fear has got to go. Fear has got to, We're a people of faith. Come on, say that with me. Say, I am a person of faith. Verse 7 says this. Come on, hear it. Those that are online, you got to hear this. It says, though a thousand fall at your side, and though 10,000 are dying around you every night on the news, these evils will not touch you. 
God's people refuse to fear. Why? Because it's deadly. It's the enemy's currency to bring to you what you do not want. Well, what do I do, preacher? You stand against it. Bible says resist the devil. And guess what? He becomes a flea. That's what it says. The reason why Satan is not leaving is we're not resisting. The Bible is very accurate. He says, all you got to do is take a stand and say, I will not live my life by fear. I stand against fear. I resist fear. And I command every devil in hell, you go. I won't be sick. I won't be poor. I won't be depressed. And the Bible says, the moment you resist fear, I resist fear of failure. Come on, I resist discouragement. I resist disappointment. I resist sadness. I resist cancer. The Bible says when you resist it, that enemy has to flee. Come on, church. If we're going, if we're going to do more with less, the first thing that's got to go is fear. Here's the last thing. If you're going to do more with less, God says to Gideon, tell the fearful to go home. Secondly, complacency has to go. Complacency has to go. God says to Gideon, Gideon, take the 10,000 that you have. Take those men down to the water hole. Gideon, I've got a test for them. It's a drinking test. So Gideon takes them down to this drinking party. And 300 of them, the Bible says, 300 begin to act like animals and begin to drink like they were dying of thirst. Wow. But then the Bible says that there was 9,700 who casually went down and took a knee at the water hole. You didn't hear me. 9,700 <laughs> went down to the water hole, the drinking party, and took a knee, got comfortable, looking out for their own comfort the way they drank. So then God tells Gideon, those who are not passionate about their drinking, those who are not drinking like they're, they're dying of thirst, just, just go ahead and send them home, Gideon. God's, God is saying, Gideon, I can do more with the passion of a few than I can with the complacency and the apathy of many. You see, if God is going to do more in our lives, if God is going to do more in our church, it's going to require a people who have a passion about what God is doing. We don't see God's deliverance by being passive. I'm going to say it again. We don't see God's deliverance by being passive, and we don't see God's deliverance by being complacent. In Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said it himself. Please hear me. He says, those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. In other words, Jesus is saying, if I can just find somebody who's thirsty, regardless how big that thirst is, I'm going to fill it. I have a question for you. Are you thirsty today? Are you thirsty? How, how thirsty are you? for your God. How, how thirsty are you for the things of God? God says, if I could just find somebody who's thirsty with a big thirst, I'll feel, it don't matter how big their thirst is. I, if, if you just get thirsty, I can, I can feel it. Those who hunger and thirst. Jesus is looking not for complacent drinkers. 
He's looking for passionate drinkers. Welcome to our drinking party today. Come on, drinks are on the house today. Come on, online drinks are on the, unless you're driving. Drinks, come on, we're at a drinking test. Just how thirsty are you, church? Because if you're going to see God do more with less, not only does fear have to go out of your life, but your complacency and your lack of passion for the things of God has to be evicted from your life. Come on, if the church is going to do more with less, we got to run fear up out of here. If the church is going to do more with less, we got to refuse. Just look for comfort. We got to be passionate about our drinking. Come on, we got to be passionate about our God. Are you with me today? The church will never win being fearful and complacent. In your life, you'll never win, win being faith, being, being complacent and fearful. Church will never win. Your life will never win. So in our church and in our lives, here's how we're going to do more with less. Fear, got to go. Complacency, you got to go. God says you don't need 32,000. You don't even need... 10,000. Just give me 300. That, that's really the story of Gideon. He ends up in Hebrews chapter 11. God, God, God says, just give me 300, 300 fearless, passionate, thirsty believers, and I'll give them victory. I'll give them deliverance. What, what, what are you saying? I think some of you have lined up behind the guard and life's not working for you. And I'm here to tell you it's just a quick adjustment, just a simple step to say, you know what? I've been living in fear way too long. I've been living in complacency way too long. I'm, I'm going to make a step. I'm going to make a quick adjustment and you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked how much things work better for you in your life. God is getting ready to do more with less, not only in the church, but in your life and in your family. God is about to give somebody a great victory in their life. Come on. I'm going to ask you to stand in this building. Those online just in this moment, we're going to pray. And I hope you hear this as marching orders today. It's kind of like 33 weeks ago, seven and a half months ago, like a bomb went off and, and the church scattered. But I'm hearing God say, just give me 300. 300 that'll resist the fear and 300 that'll get their thirst back in the game. I'm just looking for a church of 300. That's all I'm looking for. Now, now it might be 7,000, or it might be 10,000, or it might be 800, but it's the spirit of 300 that says, I will not fear, and that I'm more thirsty for God today than I've ever been in my life before. I have a question for you today. Are you thirsty for more? Come on, are you thirsty for more? God is getting ready to do more. 
with less, for God to take less and do more in your life is the season that you're in. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that in this moment as we're closing this service, that God, you speak into our hearts, that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. God, as it pertains to the context of our lives, God, much of the time we don't see our own error. God, much of the time we don't see that we're lined up in the wrong position. And God, sometimes we need somebody to help us get back in to the right position. God, I pray today as we, God, launch forth that you would position this church and your people for the greatest season of their life that we truly will begin to experience not only as a church, but individually in our families, we will be a people that begin to experience more. Even with less, less help, less strength, less energy, less resources. But Father, you're on the scene now. God, you don't want us to flex our muscles like you told Gideon. I don't want them to take credit for it. God, I thank you that the church is getting ready to become hell's greatest nightmare. That all over this nation, all over this war world, God, the church is awakening to the fact that you can do more with less when they drive fear out of their lives and they get thirsty and hungry for God. Let it be our marching orders for every home, every family, every individual. God, as we move forward today, let this be a day that marks the beginning of a brand new chapter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. Do you have something? You probably have something. Huh? Could you just close your eyes right where you're at? I, I can't hardly see you up there. And so many of you are here. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, perhaps you're online, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The Bible's very clear. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you today and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to know him, you want to experience him, I'd love to lead you in a prayer as I look all over this congregation. If that's you, you're far from God or you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand and say, that's Pastor, that's me today. I need a relationship with God. I need to come back with God. I need to make a fresh commitment. Just raise it up and keep it up just, just between you and God. So many hands. Yes, so many hands. You can put those hands down. Say this with me. Pray this prayer. Those that are online, those that are on the other side of this camera, say this. Say, Father God, today, come on, everybody say it. I want some noise in this room. We've been so long since we've had no noise. Say, Father God, oh, that's good. Today, I surrender my life. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. I believe that Jesus died upon the cross, that he rose from the grave, and now offers the free gift of salvation to those that will receive. Today, I receive the free gift of eternal life. And God, with your help from this day forward, 
I'm going to live for you. God, do more in my life with less. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's just take a moment right here. Just take a moment right here online. God, we make every adjustment needed today. Come on, we're saying bye to fear. Come on, we're saying bye to fear. We're saying bye to complacency. It's a new day for the church. It's a new day for the people of God. Come on, God's going to do more with less. Oh, God, let the spirit of Gideon and his 300 men come upon this house. Come upon this people, Lord. Come upon this city. Come upon our nation, Lord. Oh, we declare it, Father. Fear you got to go. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with a message of Jesus. 